0: Yesterday together, and I heard him give some of those words, and I said, We need that this morning, so thank you, man of God. I have here in my hand some bracelets that come from Open Door Fellowship. They have barbed wire fence, and stay up here for me, brother. If you guys want to stand in solidarity with the church, I mean, right here for me, I want you to hand these out. I want you to have these because you know what? We suffered in the church, but nothing compared to what they suffer around the world. So if you want a bracelet, would you just raise your hand? He's going to give out one right now. Would you remember to pray for the underground church? Because what we suffered in the last few seasons is nothing to what they go through. And as he's passing it out, keep your hands up till you get it. There's got a pamphlet in there if you want to support them. The church already does, but you can continue to do that as well. We went through covid And they made us look like fools. But you know what? We never had one outbreak. We never had one person trace a sickness back to here. And God used that time. Amen? And then we stood up against injustice towards a business that didn't want to hashtag BLM because of the other things they stand for. But he was clear in his business, I am for black lives. And then they drug our church into it and we went out there And preach the gospel. And some of the people said, well, you did it too harshly. So we said to them, sorry, you don't know us like that, but they didn't accept the apology. They just kept going on and on and on and doxing our people, finding their information. But we're here today to show this community that only God can close a church because God is the one who starts a church and God has not closed this church. This church is not canceled. Amen. We're having church today. If we did not get to you and I did not have enough, I apologize. Lauren, let's order 100, 500 more. I want enough. Come back next week and we'll make sure you can get them. I want to talk to you today about a church's journey To the promised land. Now, the church in the United States of America around the world is going through this journey as well, but I want to talk about our church specifically. So let's go to the notes, it's online, the new website is up. And also, if you would like to like our Facebook page, you can see it there as well. But let's start with Exodus chapter 14. Everything is new and revamped on our website and Facebook because we wanted to make sure that those who didn't want their addresses there or homes for Bible studies were not there anymore or pictures and so forth. And from this point on, we'll make sure to get your permission if we have your picture up. And Maria, I think you were one of the last people I needed to ask. Are we okay to have your picture up on our page from yesterday? Good. All right. Let's look at Exodus chapter 14. How many know the story of the Exodus? Exodus. We know about this. God delivered his people from Pharaoh and Egypt, and now they get to the Red Sea. And uh, when, we, when we look at this Red Sea account, just go ahead and start right there at verse one. When we look at this Red Sea account, it's a popular passage of what happens when God's in control. Then the Lord said, tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pehereth by Megal in the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite of Bel Zephon. Who told them to camp by the sea? Who told them? Look at verse one of chapter 14. Who told them to camp by the sea? Who? The The Lord. So it wasn't Moses, it was the Lord. Now everybody track with me. If you are ever going to be in a church that's doing the right thing, the leadership needs to be hearing from who? The Lord. But now what do we see as a problem? Is that Pharaoh's army is going to come right up to their back. Isn't, isn't that what's going to happen? And then they are going to freak out and begin to say, Oh, Moses, why did you tell us to be here? Because now we are an easy target for the enemy. But remember, who was it that told them to be there? The Lord. The Lord. Let's continue in this story. You see, as a church goes through exile or as a church goes through an exodus or as a church goes through a season and for a reason the leadership needs to learn how to hear from the Lord but the Lord may put us in situations that we don't feel comfortable in now go to verse 4 Look at chapter 14, verse 4. It says, and I will harden Pharaoh's hearts again. I will harden Pharaoh's heart again, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. You see, God said, I'm going to set you up for a breakthrough. I'm going to set you up for a testimony. But how many know for you to get a testimony, you got to have a test? How many know for something to be a miracle, you've got to have a miracle situation? You can't just call out for a miracle if you're not in a miracle type of situation. And so this is what I'm seeing right now. Everybody look up at me, please. What I'm seeing right now is a lot of people who supposedly think they know what's best for the church, including this church, and they think it's all about wisdom and staying out of situations and, and just open up when they say you can open up, and you shouldn't have did COVID, and you shouldn't have been down at that restaurant because you putting God's people between the Red Sea and Pharaoh. But what they don't understand is the Lord said. Do so you see? The Lord says some stuff that's going to make us feel uncomfortable at times. And if we learn from the past, we can do something different in the present. He said to them, I want you to be here. Now imagine you're following Moses at this time, and you kind of feel like you've done some stuff in life. Maybe before this, you ran a business. And so you come up to Moses and say, Moses, we're not supposed to run a business like this. You know, when I was in the business world, we didn't allow ourselves to get trapped by the competition. Moses, I don't think that you're leading us correctly because in my business, I would never do this. Now let's say there was a relational expert maybe in that congregation there out in the desert they might have came to Moses and said Moses I work with interpersonal relationships I'm a problem solver you know you're not supposed to cause conflict You know, you could get a lot of supposed experts out there to say a whole bunch of ways that they would have done it, they would have done it. But you see, the Lord had a way to do it that did not seem right to them, and they had to trust the Lord. Can I just encourage somebody here? Sometimes the Lord is going to tell you to do something that looks crazy. And he's going to ask a leader to trust. He's going to ask you to trust a leader that they're hearing from God. And you're going to have to show your faith in the Lord by being a part of a church or a ministry that may put you in tough situations. Keep on going. Go to verse 13. Same, same chapter. We had people that were out camping during the time when we were facing Black Lives Matter. And they came into a whirlwind. And you could almost hear what they were thinking. My goodness, what happened? What happened? I didn't even have a fight in this battle. I didn't make a choice to do this. Now my job's getting called because I'm on the website of this place that everybody's doxing. I didn't ask for this battle. You could almost see people in in that assembly as they're moving towards that Red Sea going, I didn't ask for this. I just wanted to come out for a vacay. I just wanted to hang out with Moses. He's a good speaker. He makes me feel good. Every now and then there's some miracles. I just want to hang out. And all of a sudden now, I'm in this but look at what God says the people about ready to freak out now as they see that army coming in a big sea right in front of them Moses said to the people don't be afraid don't you know people that that's just the same tactic of the enemy today as it was back then if he can put fear in our hearts he can get us to run if he can put fear in our hearts he'll get us to divide if he can put fear in our hearts he'll get us to turn against each other out of fear and he said don't be afraid stand firm come on somebody stand up and plant your feet down come on stand up say it stand firm come on do it again say I'm going to stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will give you today you may be seated come on He said to him, look, man, this is not a Jim Jones cult. This is not David Koresh in Waco, Texas. This is God speaking to leadership and you needing to exercise your faith. Moses is basically saying, man, don't be afraid. Just stand your ground right now. Even though your knees are shaking, stand your ground. Even though you don't know how it's going to work out and your voice is quivering, stand your ground and you will see The deliverance the Lord will bring you today. How many know we delivered right now? How many know this church is safe right now? How many know this is a place for the community right now? How many know they said they were going to destroy it, but it's standing right now? You're seeing what God can do. And the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Just be still and know that he is God. Just be still and know that situations may be out of your control, but God is still in control. We may make mistakes as we're trying to be still. I get it. I've repented of my mistakes but I cannot repent for preaching the gospel. I cannot repent for opening these doors. I cannot repent for leading a congregation of disciples. I've got to stand and wait for God to deliver me. They they said all that they can say about me but I'm still standing. They're messing with you but you still standing. You're going to keep singing and standing because God will give us the strength and so while some people just come out of their cave of slumber it's about july we'll open up church now we've been in battle we've been in battle While you've been snoozing and going to church in your pajamas. We've been taking on COVID. The mayor and governor knows our name. We've already been to the Supreme Court. We've stood in front of Black Lives Matter and the riots of our city. We've stood up against injustice. While you're just yawning to get to church now mid-July. You see, heaven's going to tell our story about what we had to go through to get the glory. So when you come back to this church and you see people jumping and shouting and you see the glory of God in this place, multiracial, multi-generational, and people wonder how did that church get that way? It's because the story is a story of God's goodness. That's why we got the glory because God said I was looking for somebody to stand up. I was looking for someone to go to that Planned Parenthood. I was calling all my friends, but they weren't listening. So I had to pull out somebody that nobody thought would come. I had to pull out a group of people that everybody overlooked. I had to pull out those weirdos and then nudge my angels and say, look at them. Those are the ones that I got my eyes on today. Keep care of them, watch over them. That's what God does for his people. He's not looking for the biggest church. He's not looking for the greatest speakers. He's not looking for the biggest choir. He's looking for faithful disciples that will just be still and let him fight the battle. Come on, somebody. Let's go to the book of Acts. When we go to the book of Acts, we see that they were preaching. Oftentimes in persecution, go to Acts chapter six, but they had to trust that God was doing something You see, for the Israelites, they were going to a literal promised land. And if you look at my notes, I've got story after story of when they were doubting God had a miracle ready. I wish I could go through every one of them, but I want to be brief today. But we know in the book of Acts that the promised land for the Christian is not a piece of property. It's not a land. What it is, it's the body of Christ. And so the church is meant to go out and win souls and bring people in so that the church may be built as it's already been spoken here of every nation, tribe, and language. And if you go to Acts chapter 6, you see that Stephen's one of these young men that gets called a deacon. Look at it right here. They're going to help out with the responsibilities around the church. Look at verse 5. The apostles said, there's too much going on here. We can't take care of all the work ourselves." So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit also with Philip and all of these wonderful other leaders. Verse six, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And then the word of God spread. And so it looked like at this point, that maybe the persecution was going to be durable, that everything was going to be all right in Jerusalem. It was a growing church. It was a thriving church to the point where they needed more workers. But then all of a sudden, something happens with Stephen. Look at it. it even says a title right there, Stephen Seized. You see, as Stephen was preaching the gospel in verse 8, by the power and grace of the Lord, he's performing signs and wonders. This opposition arose But they couldn't stand against his points. They couldn't stand against his arguments. So what they did is they got together a bunch of people. See, look, verse 12. They stirred up the people and the elders of the law, and they seized them. You see, when people can't defeat your argument, they try to defeat you as a person. That's called a straw man. That's called an ad hominem. When they can't go toe to toe with you based on knowledge and rationality and logic, they want to shut you up. They want to dox you. They want to shut down your profile, shut down and cancel the church. Shout louder than your preaching. And so they brought Stephen in. But look at what Stephen did. Verse 15, all who are sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and they saw that his face was like an angel. And then he began to preach this long sermon. We don't have time to read it all, but let's go on down to the end of Acts chapter 7. This man of God is going to end up giving his life for Jesus. Now, we could have said back to him, look at it right here, verse 59 of that, of that verse. Well, let's say to verse 57. It says that this, they covered their ears because he was preaching and they were done now. So they covered up their ears and they began yelling at the top of their voices and they rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. The Bible says he he looked up to heaven and said, Lord Jesus receive my spirit and he fell down on his knees. And then look at chapter eight, verse one. And on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Now listen to me. You could go to Stephen and go, Stephen. Why'd you go and get yourself stoned? It was going so good here in Jerusalem We had such a good reputation it was a little bit difficult they were they they were messing with us a little bit but they but they were allowing us to have church. Stephen why'd you go calling them out Stephen why'd you have to stand up when they rushed at you? why couldn't you back down and I could just tell you if Stephen's body from the grave was speaking out to them because he was saying if I hold it inside, it would be like fire shot up in my bones I had to preach I had to lay down my life and I know some people look at us here and say Metro praise why didn't you just keep your mouth shut why did you have to go down to Nini's why did you have to go to the Planned Parenthood I'm sitting here with my brothers and sisters and say if I wasn't going to preach he was going to raise up somebody else I had to get up and preach don't get mad at me because they're stoning folks get mad at the devil because that's not our enemy, we're preaching to win their souls because the very one who approved of the killing Saul eventually became a Christian and I'm believing that those who are at Nini's Delhi, those who have been messing with us online, they're going to be the very ones coming into this church giving their heart to Jesus because God's got a plan. God's got a plan because they're going to remember what it was like when people stood up against their sin. Come on, somebody say amen. That's what it's like when a church is on a journey. It's like the people of Israel in between a rock and a hard place and God saying, just be still. I got you. I came just to one service today because I know some in our congregation weren't ready to come back yet with their wives and their children. I said, it's okay, you stay back, but I'm bringing my wife and kids. And whoever else got faith to bring them, come on and bring them. But I'm speaking to you now, come back next week. All of you online, come back next week. Don't be afraid of those who can just kill the body, but be afraid of those who can kill the body and the soul. We've been prepared for such a time as this. There is a promised land ahead of us. There is revival ahead of us. God wants there to be a unification of the church. I've been so thankful for the brothers and sisters that I've been meeting through this because they've tried to control the narrative, but anyone who had eyes to see and ears to hear could see that that was the devil's lie against the church, just wanting to do what's right. They said when we opened up for COVID, we were going to kill grandma. No, we just wanted grandma to get saved and have a place to meet. They say when we went down to Needing's, we we destroyed that building. No, we didn't. We stood for righteousness and sent that brother to do something that God had always put in his heart because God turns it for good. Can I hear an amen? As we get ready to close out today with fire in our bellies, let us remember that our enemies aren't the people that are against us. There's a fake profile out with me now. There's a fake Metro Praise site out now. But they're not our enemies. The enemy is the devil. And he wants us to turn against each other, to forsake each other's bond of fellowship, and to turn our backs on what God has called us to do. But I want to tell you, you're not alone. Just like I know today that I'm not alone. Go to Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 23. Some of the closest people in your life may leave you at times. You know, I was talking to one of my friends. He's receiving the church from his father, and people are leaving him. And I said, brother, people leave over all kinds of reasons, don't they? They leave if a new pastor comes. They leave if persecution comes. They leave if deacon so-and-so didn't like how it went that day. And now everybody follows deacon so-and-so. But I want to tell you something. Pick a church based on the calling of God and the trust in the leadership. Amen. I make a covenant with you. If I ever get into sin, I'll get out of this pulpit. Until then, don't get out of this church. Are you listening to me? I'll tell you right now, if I ever get into sin, I'll just take a step out and I'll go, brothers, I'm going to be cheating on my wife now. I'm going to start stealing money and just stop stop coming to this church. I'm not pastoring it anymore. But until then, don't get out the church as long as you got people living for God here. Don't let the devil get you on some small thing to get you to think this is the time we quit on what God's doing. Because everybody has a reason and an excuse to drop out of something like this now. You got to learn how to stick with it when the going gets tough, amen? Amen. The tough get going. But I want to encourage some people here that that might feel that even the ones you love the most aren't around or people in your life. I've, I've heard that from the COVID time. My family won't even see me now because now I'm going to a church and I'm unclean. And now because I go to this church that's a, that's, that's having services during COVID, I can't celebrate Mother's Day with my own mother because she says I'm unclean. Some of y'all went through that then. Some of y'all went through it during this last time when they tried to call us racist, when I'm one of the only white people here. That's funny. Uh, they tried to call us homophobic when we have everybody out of that LGBTQ lifestyle in this church testifying. They, they tried to put all that out there. But some of y'all got scared because you, you thought you, your family was believing it. That meant you had to believe it. But I want to tell you a story about Moses here in closing. It says, as all the Israelites were grumbling against Moses and Aaron, and all of those things were going down, it says also that Miriam and Moses began to change their heart. Numbers 12, rather. And Miriam and Moses, uh, Miriam and Aaron turned their back on Moses. And when you see that happen, You may get discouraged. Sorry, it was, there you go. You got it. look at it. In Exodus, or rather Numbers 12, it says, Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses. Because because Moses was not a man of God? No. Because Moses uh, had, had made mistakes? No. Because he married a Cushite wife. You see, people will never tell you what they're really mad about. They always want to pick the thing that they think you'll agree with them to be mad about. See, I got to take that slow for some of y'all because you ain't getting it. You haven't been around the church long enough. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you talk to people who have left our church during this time, they're not going to say it was because they were afraid. They're not going to say it was because they were afraid to come to this church and stand up for God. They're going to say, I, I, I disagree with Joe and what he did in 2008. I, I just needed this time now to do this. From 2008 to you in 2008 up here. Oh, it was because of this thing back in this thing. And I've been thinking about it for a while. And my cousin's over at this. Oh, and my cousin's at this church. Oh, really? It just was convenient for you now to bring that up when these others were bringing it up. At the same time, they were telling us they were going to destroy our building. I think I'm smart enough to see through that. Come on. I'm smart enough to understand that. You see, the problem with Moses wasn't the Cushite wife. That was just the thing they could all pick at now and say, see, he married a non-Israelite. But don't you know it was okay if she converted to, to Judaism, that Judaism accepted people from every culture. That's a whole other story. Don't have time to get into this. But Moses was going black and he wasn't looking back. Are you listening to me? He was marrying a Kushite and they tried to mess with him, but there was nothing wrong in and of itself as long as she wanted to worship the God of Israel. But look what happens. They say, you know, he married this woman, but now, now let me get to the heart of the matter. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? You see, we're going to enter into your mind with some gossipy stuff, but then get to the heart of where we're really at. Has God really only spoken to Pastor Joe? Why are we really following him anyways? I wanted to stay home during COVID. I didn't want to go out and defend these. I didn't want to go to the plan period. You know what? Is Joe and the leadership, are they the only ones hearing from God around here? See, the Lord heard this. And this was a different time, but you never know He might bring it back. So everybody stay cool. Amen. Because the Lord heard this. And at once the Lord said to Moses, Ariam, and Miriam, Aaron, and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting. All three of you, come over here. So the three of them went out and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance of the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams, but that's not true with my servant Moses. He's faithful in my house. I speak to him face to face, clearly not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord, and I wish I could say I've seen that, but you guys follow the illustration here. When they were not af- why, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burns against them, and he left them, and when the cloud lifted above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. It became as white as snow, and Aaron turned toward her, and he saw that he had a defiling skin disease. I thank God we're not in these times. Amen. I thank God we don't have to worry about people leaving the church turning lepers. But I just want to be honest with you. Is their life going to be leprous in some way? Could be. I just heard of another person that used to be a part of our church that thought they knew better. Now they're getting a divorce. And I'm not trying to be stereotypical of people who leave the church or superstitious. I'm not praying a curse on anybody. But what I'm just asking is, is when God speaks through godly leadership, do we get permission to be bitter, fight against it, and then still have God's blessing in the next season? The Bible teaches us against that. And that's why in my life I've had the same pastor, the same leader. And by the way, he has been cheering us on every step of the way. Remember I talked about a father handing a church over to a son? That's my pastor. And when I called him up, you know what he said to me? He said, people come and go. They're leaving our church because my son's taking it. He was the one encouraging me with that. I just want to say this to you. Don't take on an argument that makes your life leprous. If you have questions about what we're doing or what's been done in this season, look at the word of God. Go through it with our leadership, but don't make excuses about a Cushite wife. Don't make excuses about us thinking we're the only ones who hear from God. No, trust the Lord that he's doing something in this generation and that he's picking a church that's willing like you and me to stand up and be counted because how many know we all could have done it the easy way, but we chose to do it God's way instead because we a blessing is coming. Would you stand up to your feet as we get ready to close out? Would you go to the end of the notes, my brother? How many are going to pray for us as a church? Would you do that? Amen. We're we're not above making mistakes. I'm not calling down leprosy on anybody, but I want to ask you to pray for us. And would you believe that God will do great things? He already, I think, did amazing things through the COVID. And I think through this, he's going to do amazing things. Look what the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 13, 7. It says, remember your leaders. Look at all the things we're supposed to do for our leaders, like for Moses, what they were supposed to do for, for him or for those in the early church, the apostles. And our church is made up of multiple leaders, by the way, not just myself. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Some of you came to us from other good churches. Always remember what you have brought here from those leaders as well. Consider the outcome in the way of life. Imitate their faith. Nancy, would you come with the kids whenever she comes back, wherever she's at? I wanted my family to stay up here. Imitate. Imitate my wife and I as we serve God and our children serve God. Imitate the other leaders that are in the church. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Kids, you guys can come up as we're waiting for mom. Look at verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders. Just keep it so they can see the full passage, please. Please. Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority. Come on up here, don't be shy. You know church kids, they're a little awkward and shy because they they have weird dads, right? Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden. For For that would be of no benefit to you. Look at those highlighted words. Let's say them together. One, two, three. Remember, consider, imitate, have confidence, submit. Come on, one more time. Remember, consider, imitate, have confidence, submit. We are all to do that. There was a time when Paul wanted to rush out to the stadium when they had arrested Jason and all of his friends, and the disciples had to pull him back and say, Paul, that's not your fight we got to get you out the city. I'm willing to submit when my leaders say, that's not your fight. We're going to pull you back. But then there was other times that Paul said, I have to stand in front. I want to have a godly church that can stand by me. And the same thing with you. We don't look down on anyone who says, pastor, we need some space before we come back. We need some space. That's okay. We understand that. No one's judging. Same thing with COVID. Some people still haven't even come back from COVID because they still need that space. And that is okay. But as you're holding back, we're just asking you, remember, consider, imitate, have confidence submit. Are you, are you all with me on that? Some people might say, well, on my job, they're still talking about it. They're asking me if we're a racist church. So you know what? I don't want to necessarily be on the, the Facebook thing and liking everything. That, that's okay. We understand. But remember, consider, imitate, have confidence, submit. Because you may have to make decisions that enable you to stay safe, and actually before this, we've already preached about it, how to live for God in Babylon, and we talked about what fights to pick and what fights not to pick and how to be successful in a system that's against us. We've already actually preached on it, so go back and listen. But what I'm asking everybody to do is to continue in this and to pray for my precious family. I just want to hold them right now and ask you guys to do that. Lauren, would you come and lead this prayer for us? And then the church can pray together. Father, we thank you for this church that we know has our back. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of this season. We pray for double for our trouble, oh God. And we pray for your name to be made known. We didn't do this for likes. We didn't do this to be on the news. Come on, Lord, and pray for us, please.
1: Hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you for this family that has always decided to put you first, God. Thank you, Jesus. They don't fear man. They don't fear the devil god they fear you and that is it and when you tell them to go they go when you tell them to speak they speak god and they have been faithful to serve this city oh god and i just pray a hedge of protection around them every child from the youngest all the way to pastor nancy and pastor joe god i pray that your angels will surround their households. i pray lord that they would feel safe in the midst of your hand God with your hand covering over thank them you, we thank you for your faithfulness God we thank you Lord Jesus. that even when we didn't see your promises they continued on they continued to fight they continued to be faithful they continue to be friends to people even when they turned their back God but Lord we know that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother And I pray that they would feel your comfort during this time. That they would feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. And as they are still, they would hear your voice leading them every step of the way. And I pray that they would feel an army around them. An army that says, we will fight with you. We will not give up. We will not cower we will not say that the devil can have this city we will fight with you i pray that they would feel that in the spirit right now in jesus name we thank you for them we bless them prosperity over them god blessings over them i pray that every child would live for you every child would have your word inside their belly burning god that they would have a word for this city oh that their legacy would carry on for generations and generations in jesus name Amen, Amen. Thank you, church.
0: As my family is seated, can you remain standing? Thank you. When it came to the promised land, how many from Israel made it? Only three, if you count Moses seeing it, only two stepped foot there. You think God's playing? He is not playing. He's got a plan for the church, whether you or I are going or not. I just want to say that again. The church will be built up in this generation. The greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit is coming in this generation. The Lord's name will be known in this generation. And it's up to us whether or not we wanna be on that train because it's going. And I've even thought about it as a leader. If I get so mad at the church, God will say, you'll only see it from a distance, but your children will see it and live in it. So I'm saying, Lord, I don't wanna be bitter towards anybody. I don't want to be bitter towards the community. I don't want to be bitter towards the mayor. We did ministry in this, in this community for 15 years. They never cared about any of our back-to-school jams. They never cared about any of our park outreaches. They never cared about all the times we went to Boat Equal Fest and stood out there while gangs were still fighting. They, But they got on us about COVID. They got on us about this. But I'm not going to be bitter at them. We're going to be better than them. Amen. We're going to show them that we don't quit. We're going to keep loving them. Because when we trust God and follow the leadership that God's put in place in our church, we're going to reach that promised land. Come on, somebody say, God, I'm going with you all the way. Lord, I trust you and I'm going. I'm going, God. You lead us. Lead us and guide us. Send more leaders for the ones who have left. Oh, God, give us more members for those who have left. Give us more courage for that which we have lost. God, strengthen us. May this new season be like what it's never been before, God. I pray, Lord, that as these weeks go forward, that people won't be afraid to say they go to this church, oh God. That they won't be afraid, God, to say that you're moving in this place. And that you'll bless this city. You'll bless this nation. That, God, you will do great wonders and signs across the land. That our lives will never be the same. Our children's lives will never be the same. For your name's sake. Not for the name of a church. Not for the name of any leader. But for your name's sake, may the name of Jesus be made known, and it's in His name we pray. And everybody said, "Hey, man, can you bless the Lord with me today?" God bless you. We're going.